What's up, everybody? This is Jeff. And Ben. From Talking With The Dead. And Still Talking With. And Still Talking With. Still Talking With is our live show. Yes. You can catch that every Wednesday. At 7 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. That's yes. Eastern time. Oh, yeah, if you live yeah. in fucking California, it's got to be three. No, four. Four? Yeah. They're oh. only three hours behind. What about daylight savings? Yeah, well, fuck that. We'll worry about that when I've had Okay, it. so if you're on the West Coast, you're going to have to look up when 6 o'clock is out there compared to here. Which would be actually 7 o'clock out there instead of here. 7 o'clock? Yeah. No, before this is over, I'm going to need a whole lot of serious therapy. You're all fucked up today. Another dollar for the swear jar! You... I'm always fucked up. <laughs> you should tune into the show and see really how fucked up I can get. Oh, yeah. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And when you do tune in, you're going to see amazing guests like this. Hey, this is Courtney Gaines. You know me from such movies as Children of the Corn, Can't Buy Me Love, The Burbs, uh, even Back to the Future. Hey, everybody. This is Anson Williams. And I'm going to be on Still Talking with... Hi, I'm Deadeye Swackhammer, and you're listening to Still Talking with... Hey, guys. It's Boston comedian Dave Russo, and you're listening to Still Talking. Do not change that dial. I'm going to punch you in the face, you fuckers, right in the face. Hi, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo, and you're listening to Still Toking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. You're watching Still Token with Powered by the Dorkin Podcast Network. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. We have an awesome show for you scheduled, as always. And uh, the gentleman at hand, Benjamin, how's it going, bud? What's happening, everybody? Hope everybody's well out there. I I'm super, super psyched about this show, man. This is a... Uh... This is one of the shows that I've I've followed the story for a long time and been in contact with certain people and just always trying to get this guy on the show and 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 we finally got him. I mean, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to this one. Hell yeah, Jeffrey. Peace. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this too. This is fucked up, man. This is fucked up, and I'm looking forward to hearing his side of it. I want to hear his story. I want to know. I want to know what the fuck went down. So, before, so before, before wait, 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 no, no, wait, wait. Before wait, wait, you wait, wait. I want, I got a question for, 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 for you and Leo real quick before we introduce them. And I just, I just got to ask this. I'll, and either one you can answer first. What would you do if you were wrongfully confused of murder and especially the murder of your loved one? Um, I'll answer that first. Because it would be my duty to make fucking heads roll. Okay. Yeah, it was just That's... it was just a curious question that I've had. 
You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how else to answer that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a tough one to answer. It, it's, uh, I, you know, me, I'm, I roll with the punches, but it's just like something like mm-hmm. that is, is, you know, obviously you're you're totally distraught beyond repair, but then, you know, just uh, just somebody attacking you at the same time, you know, kicking you when you're down. It's just, right. I don't know if I could handle something like that. You, know? you never know what's going to happen. No. You never know yeah, how no, you're going to react. And, and it, was a, it was just a curiosity question. I, I mean, I don't want to postpone bringing our guest on because yep. – this is what it's all about, but I really, I, it was just something I wanted to ask. Right, well, bring him on. Go ahead. Bring him on. Let's you. bring him on. Let's, uh, let's bring on Russ Faria. Did I say that right? You said it correctly, sir. Very good. Absolutely. <laughs> so welcome. You know, it, it's been a long time coming to uh, finally get you to um, sit down. And I know we know why we know why. Um, but we, we want to thank you, first of all, for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join us and tell us a little bit about your uh, your story. Yeah. And uh, so, before we get into that, just real quick uh, for everybody watching or listening to us right now, just post in the comments. And uh, if you have questions, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of questions tonight. So uh, get them in the comments and we'll get to them as best as we can. And uh, there we go. I noticed we got a bunch of people watching. So just want to oh, do yeah, the yeah. ground wa- work, you know, just <laughs> there we so, go. Okay, you you done? I'm done. So, yeah. Russ, uh, the first thing I want to ask you is, let's. I want to go back and, and just tell tell us a little bit about who you are, the person you are, uh, and and touch upon your life before this, just real quick. Before everything started. Before it started, yeah, yeah. What'd you do? Okay. What'd you well, like? I mean... You know, what'd you do for work? I mean, just real quick. I just want to know a little bit about. Who you are. Who you are before this. Right, right. Um, well, I basically was middle-class IT worker. You know, I worked for a, a large firm locally and uh, worked from home, you know. Just normal schmuck, just trying to make ends meet and uh, take care of his family and whatnot. And... Uh, husband dad yep yeah try and be all those things and uh then we were smacked in the face with cancer mm-hmm. which uh i'm sure most everybody out there uh knows of somebody or, or has somebody close to them that is you know suffered from that disease and uh, it's not a fun one to have and then it became terminal and right. uh, we were dealing with all of those things right um, okay. Yeah, and it took some time yeah. to deal yep. with, but uh, yeah, we were still making it. You know, we were having a positive attitude and just doing what we did. You know, right. living a normal life of average American family. You know, with right. two kids and a dog. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the cancer thing. I mean, that slapped you in the face. And then, lo and behold, you literally got kicked in the balls. Yeah. Um, you know December what I mean? 27th. And, <laughs> yep. December 27th. Right, right. Um, yep. Do you want to tell us what happened on December 27th? Uh, well, December 27th was a normal day like any other day. I worked in my home office because I worked remotely. And... Uh, 
again, I'm kind of a normal schmuck, and I'm a geek, so I like computers, and I like playing role-playing games, you know, uh, D&D type games. Oh, look and at that. Leo. A normal, uh, Leo's got a Leo's new best got a friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Go ahead, so, Russ. I'm see, sorry. I, I have some fans out there that like like the game too so right. it's more or less a reason for friends to get together and hang out and get high <laughs> right um and that's what we did on a weekly basis on tuesday nights you know i could go over there and uh, have a good time and then go on home um my wife betsy had uh, stayed the night at her mom the previous evening and uh, originally i was scheduled to give her a ride home on my way home from hanging out with my buddies uh however she let me know that a friend of hers who's now infamous named pam hupp uh offered to bring her home which i thought was a little strange initially because i mean the woman lived uh 30 minutes from where we did so it would be mm -hmm. an hour round trip out of her way but okay you know if you want to do it go ahead and, well, uh, friends can so be friends. At my friend's house, right? Right. I went out and hung out at my friend's house, and of course, smoked a little marijuana and watched a couple movies, and then headed home. Stopped and got a sandwich or two on the way right to the local Arby's because you know once you smoked a few, uh, you get the munchies. And, right. Yeah, and I guess and, I guess after uh, that, even Arby's is acceptable. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Arby's. Ah, oh boy! <laughs> Sorry, it's go quick ahead. and it's easy, <laughs> right? Fast but anyway, I headed on home from there, and uh, upon arriving home and entering my house, I found my wife brutally murdered. Um, now, kind of back that up. I didn't realize she was brutally murdered at the time. Uh, if you ever run across a scene like that, especially if it's a loved one, you're not going to uh, take you're not too gonna long to investigate it. No. Right. Uh, right. And you're talking about a person that was suffering terminally from cancer, a person mm -hmm. who had uh, depression and mm -hmm. had threatened suicide on numerous occasions. Um, so right. I jumped to conclusions, as a lot of people may, and I thought she had committed suicide. And I did what everybody is taught to do since the time you're a little kid. Is I called nine one one, and right, I guess right. that was, uh, you know, it was what you're supposed <laughs> to do, but it was probably my first mistake in the whole matter. But um, anyway, I wanted to get the police there. They're the guys that are supposed to help you, right? And uh, once they did get there, uh, I was escorted side and uh, eventually taken down in the police station for over thirty six hours of questioning. And um, then taken to a polygraph, uh, which to this day I couldn't tell you the machine's on or not. The way polygraphs work is just really weird and it's uh, not even admissible in court. So if anybody ever asks you to take one, just tell them no. Uh, because whoever's asking you to take it is expecting you to fail and they're going to tell you you failed whether you did or not. To make, yeah, just to make you crack. And that's what they right. did with me. And there was a 45 Yep. So they oh, that's like about a 45 minute uh, discussion. Gotcha. So what was it? What was that question, Leo, that popped up? Uh, so uh, Patty is asking, uh, why do you say that calling 911 was your first mistake? 
Well, because that engaged uh, the very people that would eventually wrongfully charge and convict me of said murder. <laughs> right, 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 right. Do we do we right. have that nine one one? Are we going to play the nine one one call? Um, yeah, as long as Russ is okay with it, we do have part of it. Um, yeah, you go go ahead, Russ. All right. So it's about it's about yeah. two and a half minutes long, folks. So just you know. Um, Take, take, Gives me a chance to pack a bowl. Right? <laughs> we do that for our guests. Right. <laughs> Russ Faria began by sobbing. What is the address where you need this to come? 130 C-Mac. Former 911 operator Tammy Vaughn picked up the call. She's on the phone she immediately knew it might be her toughest. I could hardly take the call because I looked over at my supervisor and I did one of those, I don't know if I can do this. Okay, just take a couple deep breaths for me. She continued the entire 10-minute call. She did what she says she's trained to do, get Faria to answer questions about his dead wife, Betsy. Russell, how long were you gone today? I just got back, but she was at her mom's, and her friend was bringing her home, so I don't know what time she got home. In court, a 9-1-1 testified it was unusual the way Faria went in and out of hysteria. The defense objected, but the judge overruled it, and the jury was led to believe that even 9-1-1 operators thought the call was odd. But the prosecution never called the operator who took the call, Tammy Vaughn, who says she never questioned it. You can't fake that. You can't fake that emotion. In my, in my personal opinion, you can't. Um, are there people out there that can do it? I don't know because I've, all the calls that I've taken have been true hysterical callers. Vaughn says 911 operators are expected to get hysterical callers to answer questions. It's a redirection. It's a technique that communicators use to try to redirect, calm them down, ask them the question, and then whenever they have to focus back on the victim or the patient or the person that is, that's there that's needing the help, then, then they do what's called a re-freak. It happened repeatedly on the Faria call. <laughs> Has she been depressed lately? I need you to get those medications for the paramedics, okay? I think they're here on the table. Then, in another twist, Vaughn discovered something the following week. I later on learned that I knew them. At the time that I took the call, I had no idea who it was. And then later on, I realized that, you know, it was, you know, a couple that I went to church with. She can now see them standing side by side in her mind. And she cannot forget one particular phrase she heard during Russ Faria's call. What am I going to do? When she heard that, she thought she might not last, but she held on with him until police arrived. Right. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of 911 recorded calls from that day. Um, but I, I, when I found that one, that one was the most, had the most impact because it wasn't just the 911 call it was the reverse side of that 911 call from another's point of view you know so i think and, Russ, you know Russ freeze 
Are you with us, Russ? Uh, I think he froze. Yep, he froze. He's frozen in time. Uh, uh, well, to um, while we wait for Russ, you know that that you know listening that definitely personally for me had an impact. Uh, right, right. You know, as you know, you know, my wife passed her <laughs> murder, but it was you know uh, when you're calling nine one one, it's you are that hysterical and your brain does not function, you know, it's, you know, the operator just telling you what you need to do and just, uh, you know, you're going to take any bit of information in just to, you know, try to, you know, cause, cause you have no idea what to do. Like your, your, your mind is absolute mush. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, well, that's what the, I mean, the yeah. operators, that's what they're trained to do is to try to defocus you as well as focus you. Well, right, right. You know, which may sound like an oxymoron, but um, that's what they have to do. You know, I mean, I've had to call 911. Right. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a scary situation, no matter, you know. You know, but to come home and find that situation, um, yeah, I don't think anybody anybody would know what they would do, what they would say, uh, in that kind of a situation. So, uh, Maria, uh, yeah, we'll, I saw we'll, that. yeah, we'll uh, we'll bring this up when uh, when yeah, as uh, soon as we can get him back, back in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was having uh, apparently something with the stream. So, but well, he will be back. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, we have a, a shorter one uh the four minute one do you want me to play that while we wait which one's the four minute one it's the third one uh no i want to wait till the end because okay. i want to bring that in for just trying to fill for, time i know well we can fill time right 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 okay you know? so for those of you out there that may not know it um i watched it on or i am watching it on hulu yep okay and that's um the thing about pam the thing about pam He's yeah, me, was... Pam. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was it was aired on NBC originally. Um, it's actually led to a best-selling book called uh, Bone Deep. All right, yeah, he lost connection. He's uh, okay. I'm actually talking to him. Okay. Okay. Um, I I mean stories like this, and and Jeff definitely want to hear uh, about it because I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It's on my watch list. Yeah. Uh, but you know shows like that, uh, making a murderer on Netflix. You know, just the stories just suck you in with with the details and and like you know? how the hell could somebody do that? So uh, well, what's what's right. really bizarre, and you know, I'm going to show my age here is because you know I've watched the first three, I binged the first three. Right. Um, that I, to me, it's almost like a Agatha Christie murder she wrote kind of a story. Right. 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 Good. Good um, synopsis. Very good synopsis. You know, I mean, it was it, it was almost playing out. I don't want to say like a soap opera. I don't know how accurate it is. That's one of my questions for Russ. Right. And only Russ knows, but he said the book. He said yeah. the book tells the true story. Uh, and I believe those, uh, the notes, show notes up above Leo, or down below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So definitely check uh, show notes up above or down below, depending every, on where you're watching. I feel like John Travolta every time we do that. 
<laughs> Never mind. Well, you're the only one who really does it, so. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Don't you have someplace else to be today? No, I want to talk to this dude. Where is he? Oh, I thought maybe you should have been on vacation or some shit. No. <laughs> no, I, I only do that a couple of times a year. Yeah, so he's uh he's definitely trying to get his connection back. If if you want to play the second one while we wait, I know it's like six minutes long. Yeah, but we can cut it after four if he comes back. Uh, in yeah, I'll, I'll cut it as soon as he gets back. All right, yeah, play that second. The Pam Hub story you will not see anywhere else. Fox 2 has captured years of exclusive video. Better back off. And has the only interview. Did you kill Betsy? Hup was the last person known to see Betsy Faria alive. Is she breathing at all? <laughs> Faria was found stabbed to death 55 times, a steak knife left in her neck. Police focused on Betsy's husband, but Fox 2 had nagging questions. Why didn't Betsy pick up those calls? It would take criminal investigators years to catch up with Fox 2's reporting. You've done more investigative work than the initial investigator. It took Hupp's murder of a disabled man to finally catch the attention of authorities. They could have saved two lives. We'll show you where Hupp is today and what's next in the new murder charge she faces. Tonight, the real truth about Pam Hupp, an exclusive Fox Files investigation. I've spent more than a decade in a relentless pursuit of the truth. The story now a TV show, book, and talk in homes across the country. We were here from the beginning. 11 years ago, inside a Lincoln County home, Betsy Faria was dying of cancer and didn't have much time left. So why did someone stab her over and over again, leaving her to die on the floor? The more we learned, we kept coming back with questions about a woman named Pam Hupp. Russ Faria, the only suspect in his wife's murder a decade ago because of Pam Hupp's accusations. Hupp claimed she was his wife's best friend. Everybody calls her one of Betsy's best friends. And there's probably a dozen people that she would have considered her best friend over Pam. Pam was a friend, and that was it. Imprisoned for more than three years, Faria often thought he would spend the rest of his life locked up for a murder he did not commit. Faria found his wife dead inside their living room December 27, 2011. The crime so horrific, Fox 2's coverage began immediately. Deputies will not allow us any closer than four houses away. Eight days later, January 4, 2012, Faria was charged with murder. It was clear Pam Hupp was the prosecution's star witness. Fox 2 wanted to know more about her and obtained this first exclusive video of her, November 2013. It was Russ Faria's murder trial, and Fox 2 was the only media there. That coverage was very crucial in raising people's awareness in this case. The 2013 murder trial revealed a key fact the jury never heard. Not only did Pam Hupp insist on driving Betsy Faria home the night Betsy died, Pam Hupp was also the only beneficiary of Betsy Faria's $150,000 life insurance policy. Jurors were never told about the life insurance because that evidence was suppressed by a judge. Russ Faria's attorney Joel Schwartz told us that information was so explosive, it was enough to charge Pam Hupp with Betsy's murder. Appoint me as a special prosecutor and let me prosecute the right person, and I'll guarantee you a conviction. That $150,000 life insurance policy signed into Hupp's name four days before Betsy died. 
Only Fox 2 was in the courtroom when jurors convicted Russ Faria. Schwartz dropped his head in disbelief. Faria made the long, slow walk to a jail cell where he remained for years. It could have been the end of the story, except for nagging questions we had for Pam Hupp. It was January 2014, shortly after Russ Faria's conviction. We got a surprise we still marvel at to this day. Pam Hupp spoke to us at her doorway for nearly 30 minutes. Interested in following up at all? You said you might talk to me that first um, day of trial. Not right now. Yet she kept talking in a rambling 30-minute conversation on a cold January day. One of our key questions involved three phone calls Betsy failed to answer. These were important calls Betsy was expecting from her daughter. Why didn't Betsy pick up those calls? The calls at her house? They had asked me and I said I don't recall her getting calls while I was there. I was in the area still trying to get out of Troy at 7.20. Hey, there he is. And that's what got her. Well, I, I mean that not what got her, but that, oh no, no, that no. was a big thing. That was one of the big things. So, um, yeah, after after watching that, which you know you lived, um, and what we just played, I don't know if you caught it when you came in. That was part of the Fox um, story about Pam, part one. So, yep, I got it. It uh, it's. It, it, it talked about how certain things were suppressed by the judge during your trial. Um, kind of tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, the uh, the judge and the prosecutor just so happened went to school together. And the judge was a new judge. And uh, so... I guess she kind of listened to whatever the prosecutor told her to do, no matter what uh, case precedent or the law actually said. And uh, my attorney was, uh, as I've described it uh, many times by uh, now, uh, was more like a boxer with one arm tied behind his back. Mm -hmm. Well, he couldn't present evidence that should have been presented. Right. Exactly. He wasn't allowed to get into the uh, insurance evidence at all. He wasn't allowed to cross-examine Pam Hupp the way he should have been. Mm -hmm. And um, those things all led to me being convicted. Now, wasn't the... Um, uh, is it true that the DA was like the new DA? It was like her first month? It was... Uh, it was her first major case, yeah. Okay, all right. Because that, that puts a lot of pieces together. Right. What 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 new judge and new DA want to lose their first case? Right. And uh, at least that's yeah. what I see. You know, after after watching a few of the, the episodes and reading up on the story and stuff, it just because otherwise it don't make sense to me. I'm sorry. No. Well, she was a very ambitious uh, political type, I guess, and uh, there's all kinds of things you can talk about about that woman. She, Got absolutely no scruples or ethics whatsoever. Uh, She's still a judge? Uh, the judge is no longer a judge. And the prosecutor uh, was also voted out and uh, in the same election a few years ago. Okay. However, the prosecuting attorney is uh, still practicing law, uh, even though she's had numerous uh, complaints, bar complaints against her. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> Well, 
Hopefully the judge is flipping burgers somewhere at a dive bar. I'm just saying. She, well, do, just, she should be doing push-ups off a steel cart. Well, yeah, yeah, but we can't, I don't think we can get into any of that. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's just, you know, it, it's good that, you know, she was just taken out. Like, like here right. in Connecticut, we have a judge that they finally got off. Uh, uh, I, I think she's facing... Uh, essentially, she didn't show up for work for like four years. She was just collecting a check. And well, listen, no, I'm yeah. not going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> not going to say it because this could be used against me as evidence in a court later. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, we have a I question have that thought. came in uh, from Maria. Should I read that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know part of it he won't be able to answer because I think that case is still going on. But you're more than welcome. Go ahead and. Yep. Totally. So uh, Maria is saying, uh, have you heard any information about the progress of the case against Pam regarding Betsy? I know it must have been horrible reliving this so many times over the years. I'm uh, hopes of uh, getting justice for Betsy. Uh, do you feel like the powers that can be can get it done right the second time around? Uh, I'm real confident in the current prosecutor and um uh... And the current investigation that's going on, they're trying to leave no stone unturned. Um, a lot of people in my position may uh, actually think negatively of law enforcement, and I don't. You know, I, I say that all the time. Right. I was involved in a perfect storm with a bunch of crooked cops all in one place and a crooked prosecutor and a crooked judge and somebody trying to set me up and is uh, is something that uh, – became a perfect storm, but that doesn't mean that all uh, law enforcement is bad per se. And uh, that's kind of the way I was caught up in it. Uh, just a heads up, and, uh, much uh, more people logged in. So any questions, post them in the comments up above or down below. Sorry, Russ. <laughs> We're going to get one question, one answer, and then a freeze frame of the three of us. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, anybody out there, I'll tell you uh, that um, uh, the series, definitely try and check that out. It's, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I don't know how accurate it is. Oh, he's back. I'm back. I love it, I love it because back. it's like one question, one answer, Russ disappears to pack a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had an influx of people coming in, so it's just, you know, swamped the system. I apologize for that, Russ. Oh, no, no worries. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of people watching, which is good because this is this is what we wanted. We want this story to be worldwide, man, to let people know that, you know, even after being railroaded and serving time, that you still feel the way you do about first responders and law enforcement. That, you know, there are some bad apples, but that doesn't mean that it tarnishes the entire thing. Right, right, right. So that was right. I mean, like you said, it was a perfect storm. Yeah, and you know, there's if you put a hundred people in a room, I guarantee you that there's going to be a percentage of them that aren't going to be good guys, and there's going to be a percentage of them that are going to be good guys. Right. You know, so I mean, you have a group of law enforcement and. This was a small town, kind of one of those uh, good old boy systems that you always hear about. And um, that's what happens 
when uh, you get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. uh, Kim B had an awesome question. So she yeah, says, I, I skip Jeremy's. Uh, is the judge facing any repercussion? Yeah, I asked that. Yeah, we answered that. Did yeah, we, we asked that. Off the bench. Oh, oh shit. Oh, sorry, I was high. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy, Jimmy had a question as well. Sorry, Russ. I know. What's up? What's, what's... Uh, yeah, so Kim B is uh, asking, I heard a lot of people thinking that the thing about Pam was making light of the situation. How did you feel about the show, good portrayal, or making a mockery? Um, well, a lot of people thought, well, they're trying to make this into something funny. Um, but if you watch the show, uh, the way that they portrayed people, uh, the people that you, they made you laugh at were people that acted ridiculously in real life. So, okay. So, so as far as accuracy, good. yeah. So as far as accuracy, what would you give it? 70%? Oh, more than that. I mean, there's nothing in okay. there that wasn't true. Okay. There are okay. just things that could have been more elaborated upon. Right. You know, they're they trying to 10 years plus into a six hour miniseries. They dramatize things. I mean, it's, oh, it's based on true people and true events. So, uh, and that goes into if, if you want a very accurate and detailed story and uh, description of everything that happened, uh, go out and get the book Bone Deep. Untangling the Betsy Faria murder case. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know if you were here or not here when I said that it reminded me of a, it was kind of like an Agatha Christie murder she wrote kind of a story. The show is. You know, oh, yeah. I'm showing my age there. But, you know what I mean? They, play, they just kind of played it out like that. But uh, Kim's asking a good answer. Thank you. Are you still here in O'Fallon? I am still here in O'Fallon. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Jeremy, had, yeah, Jeremy had a good question too. Yeah, uh, cool. Patty says uh, the book was excellent. Just finished it, and for those of you looking to learn more about the book, I do have links in the show notes up above or down below. Uh, let's see. Chad says, uh, "Hey, Russ, do you have anything to do with the belief patterns of the cryptozoology things on Earth?" Uh, no, no idea what. <laughs> I should have read that. Well, that's a hell of a question. Uh, Let me see. Like, no, that came out of left field. Uh, um, Jer Jeremy well, had it. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. I, I have uh, called one of the uh, detectives in my case, uh, Monkey or Neanderthal, on several occasions, and I, I believe he was oh. missing link. So, uh, yeah, I got your answer. <laughs> okay. You damn Sasquatch in that. That answer okay. is still talking with first. Right. Uh, so, so you answered this earlier, but I just wanted to tackle this a different light. Uh, so Jimmy says, good que uh, question. Why the bad move to call 911? You did answer that earlier. Uh, but uh, uh, a follow-up question is, you know, uh, with somebody, you know, obviously extremely rare, but uh, somebody in, in sort of like a, a case like that, uh, what would you recommend that they do? Oh well, call nine one one. I mean, that, that <laughs> but I mean, there's there's not much else you can do. I mean, uh, but it, when you do call nine one one, just bear in mind you're probably going to be a suspect. Yeah. Uh, well, which I, I knew that, right. you know, absolutely that I was going to be a that. suspect. But right. 
for a very long time, I was under the impression I was trying to help the police until they started accusing me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so Jeremy was asking, how did you push through each day while incarcerated? It must have been horrendous knowing that you're innocent and, and you know, stuck in this, you know, godforsaken, you know, uh, uh, jail. What, what's, you know, what made you uh, survive each day? Um, well, I am self-proclaimed the biggest mama's boy out there. And uh, so the thought of getting out to see my mother eventually uh, was one of those things. I also am a Christian individual. So a lot of believing in God and praying to God and read the Bible type things and um, listening to music and, uh, there are some things you get while you're in prison, while you're locked up. Listen to music is something that uh, can get you through a lot of bad times. And then, you know, uh, and, and it sounds really weird, but you meet a lot of nice guys in prison. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of bad guys, too. But uh, it's important to just kind of remain who you are. Keep, keep yourself while you're in that type of ordeal. Now your um your lawyer didn't he continue to like because he didn't believe what went down either, and he continued on your side, didn't he? Wasn't he trying to dig up more stuff and, and get the facts? Oh, he was. His in, his investigation was uh, better than the cops' investigation. Right. Right. And uh, he was just they kept on not let not allowing him to present the things that he needed to present. But even though. I mean, during the first trial in that, I was still confident that I'd be found innocent. You know, we had presented right. our case um, well enough, I thought, you know, to convince a jury. But right. when you have a jury that um, is from that area, you know, maybe we should have gotten a change of venue. I don't know. Um, but the jury's from that area. And... Um, There was uh, the judge, one of her cousins, happened to be on the jury. We ended up finding out. So that was... Well, that should never fucking happen. Right. Well, and then... does that happen? You thought I ain't that fucking small, man. (laughs) (laughs) And you're talking about people that know who that prosecutor is, and they're intimidated because they have to live there. Mm-hmm. Of what the repercussions are if they return a not guilty verdict. So you know those things happened, and uh, some of the some of the jurors or one or two of them said something. Well, he he always has appeals, um, so we just went <laughs> along with everybody else. And it's like I'm here to tell you that appeals, at least in Missouri, and I'm sure it's this way kind of across the nation, take anywhere from ten to fourteen years on average. And that's if you're granted an appeal. It can take longer than that. Um, There's another individual that you guys can look up. His name's Ryan Ferguson. And uh, he was locked up for 10 years on a crime that he didn't commit. And he's a friend of mine. And, um, yeah, so it it happens. It it, it happens more often than you think. Yes. And, And myself and guys like Ryan Ferguson, there's, Rodney Lincoln is another guy. He served 36 years on something he didn't do uh, and was told when presented with DNA evidence 
that present, you know, that proved him innocent was told sometimes being innocent is not enough to get you out of jail. You know, so this is our court system. Wow. And there, you know, for every guy like me that you hear about, there's probably 10 guys that you don't that are locked up in there. Mm-hmm. Don't belong there. That's why I speak out, you know, for wrongful convictions. Mm-hmm. I try and support organizations. The, the one I like to support is the Innocence Project. Um, they do really great things with helping innocent people um, get released. And I also talk about, um, I don't know, you guys have probably heard the term, but a lot of folks might not have. It's called prosecutorial immunity. And uh, it basically is a law that gives prosecutors carte blanche where they can put you away, put me away, put anybody away for life or even put them to death in cases that have the death penalty and suffer no repercussions. And they can do this maliciously, unethically, you know, any way they want and never, ever be punished for it. They get excused from lawsuits and, you know, they don't even suffer any kind of punishment for it at all. Any way to get to win, you know, and, and look good for their, uh, you know, well, for their career. Uh, we, we had some more uh, comments and questions come in. Uh, Maria want to know, has a new series increased your local recognition and how do you deal with that? Uh, it has. Uh, it's increased my recognition just about everywhere I go now. Uh, but Everybody that uh, recognizes me uh, is very pleasant. You know, they always wish me well. I've never had anybody come up and say, hey, I believe you did it. Um, I don't know how I would react if they did. But, um, Punch in the throat. Well, yeah, I, I have been to prison, so I, I might react. Right. Um, but no, everybody wishes me well, and I'm, I'm usually pretty gracious and uh, – you know, unless you interrupt me during my dinner or something like that, then uh, usually I take a minute or two out and say hi. And, you know, if somebody wants an autograph or something, I've been known to do that. And uh, just I'm I'm out and about town all the time and I like to go out uh, and I still love music. I've always loved music, like I said a little bit ago. And uh, one thing I like to do around here is go to the local bars, and listen to some of my favorite local bands and right. support them. So, um I get recognized at those places all the time. And, you know, once in a while it gets me a free drink. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you don't have to answer this question uh, if you don't want to, but how did all this affect your relationship with your daughters? Um, it affected it negatively because that relationship is non-existent. Wow. Okay. It's still non-existent? Uh, still is. They've been given plenty of opportunities. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, if they wanted to talk to me, it'd have to go through my lawyer, you know, because of things that have been said and done and, okay. and all that, you know, and there's a lot of legal things that that are, are, are to bear there and they've been mm-hmm. given opportunities that they've never taken, so... Okay. Uh, that's all fine. Right. I wish them all the best. You know, I'm going to go live my life. I'm living my best life now. I've, uh... Okay. All right. Sorry, I was curious. Right, right. <clears throat> so I did see a couple more questions over there, Leah, if you want to yep. get to those before we run. Yeah. Uh, Lori Williams life. is asking, I saw you at the library recently, and you said that Pam and her husband had some of your tax information. Uh, how do you think they uh, got those? 
Uh, well, I obviously took that from my house, or Pam took it from my house. Um, I don't want to throw accusations around because uh, I've been accused before, but there's been a long belief that um, she's had at least one or more accomplices. So who knows where that information came from, but I know that it was information that was at my house. And she couldn't have gotten it after Betsy was killed, so she must have taken it during that time. Right, right. Uh, Marie's asking, can you name some, if any, cinematic liberties the producers of the new series took with your story? Um, well, there were you know characters that were condensed into different characters. You might have two or three people that were condensed into one. For instance, uh, Kathy Singer, the Dateline producer's character, she never got involved in this story until after I was convicted. Uh, there was a local... Fox 2 News uh, guy around here by the name of Chris Hayes and his cameraman yep. Dave Sharp. Yep. And they covered this from the very beginning. They were in the courtroom every single day of the trial and uh, they stuck with it. And I give Chris a lot of uh, credit because he was out there at least once a month doing an update. Now, I wasn't aware of this. I was locked up inside. I didn't have access to his news broadcast because I was in a different part of the state. So um, I give him a lot of credit for keeping the story alive. And then Dateline came along and they blew it up, not just nationally, but internationally. Right. And uh, it's just become a, a whirlwind and it's snowballed into something that, uh, and one of the Dateline episodes was even entitled Stranger Than Fiction. I mean, this, this mm -hmm. is shit you can't write. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Okay, just to freaking get this out of the way, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot, cryptozoology, and and like uh, Loch Ness monster? Because <laughs> um, questions well, keep on coming in for some reason. <laughs> I treat Bigfoot, and I love Bigfoot. Uh, the the reason why is because I'm wearing a shirt. I guess, oh, because so. you're wearing. The oh, shirt. <laughs> okay. There we go. Hello, Leo. I'm, I'm a Sasquatch fan. Uh, <laughs> me too. I mean, he's the hide and seek world champion of oh all my, time uh, right? are you watching expedition bigfoot oh i watch that shit all the time man i, I mean uh the the current uh season that's on right now like new episode from sunday uh i haven't seen that one yet i, oh. I usually watch naked and afraid on sunday okay uh, that's, you... that's carol and i we have a show that we we are glued to the tv naked and afraid marathon every sunday uh, right, right. And I, I treat sure like i do aliens i haven't seen one but I believe there's a possibility of one. So now, see, I, I, I'm looking for mini Sasquatch. Oh, mini Sasquatch. <laughs> mini Sasquatch. <laughs> they only stand about a foot and a half tall. Oh, okay. Well, and they bite your knees. <laughs> bite so, your bloody ankles off. Right, right. <laughs> so that that Bigfoot question actually came in from Mister Haunted. So we actually had him on the show. Uh, I want to say, what four or five months ago. Yeah, it was around Halloween, I think. Yeah, yeah and I know yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy. If I were to zoom in on it, it's from a place called. Uh, oh, nice. Big Dick Salty Semen. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And that place hey. is located. 
We, and I was uh, just John there. Cash in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> I was just there three weeks ago. Oh, I bet you were. The corner. My wife didn't even want to go in the store. Oh, Sophie it's Dicks. Oh, yeah, it was a trip. It's so a great it place. Awesome. They have a sister store up here uh, about an hour or two away from my house, and it's on a lake, Lake of the Ozarks, and it's called – it's halfway in the inlet, and so it's called Big Dicks Halfway In. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no shit. Yes. That's uh, awesome. But, just uh, real quick on the Bigfoot thing. Uh, do you uh, – uh, I would recommend, if you don't have it yet, Discovery Plus – uh it's a new streaming service i think it's going to be merged in with hbo soon but um yeah it, it that has the expedition bigfoot uh but yeah. there's a ton of paranormal shows on there yeah those are great shows oh yeah so he said like russ said he he he's glued to the tv watching naked and afraid with um carol so in case you folks out there don't know who Carol is. We're going to give you a little taste and then we're going to come back and uh, we'll get into that side of his story. So, Leo, if you want to play that third clip there. Third one. And uh, just real quick, there was a crossover with Naked and Afraid and uh, a ghost show. Oh, I thought you were going to say with Bigfoot and Dick. No, 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 no. Naked and Afraid, uh, they had oh, like uh, one of that. Sasquatch. <laughs> uh, Roll yes. it. Okay, yeah. A woman Huff originally intended to kill before luring Louis Gumpenberger. Yeah, and that kind of led to basically her fall. So, kind of walk us through how that's connected. That was a clincher in solving this case. It was six days before Pam Hupp shot and killed Gumpenberger. She drove to an O'Fallon, Missouri trailer park where she found Carol Alford. Tonight, we're hearing from her for the first time. I sat there and I listened to Tim Lomar tell me his version of how he thinks I was supposed to die that day. Talk about leaving you numb from the neck down. It, it's hard, you know, you, you make jokes about it, whatnot, and, but you sit and you think about, she was really gonna kill me. August 10th, 2016, Carol Alford was on the porch with her dog when Pam Hupp drove by. It was captured on this surveillance video. She waved, I was like, okay, waved, you know, thought maybe she was new in the neighborhood and she drove down the street, came back and she just, pulled up behind my driveway and she just sat there and she was just staring at me. Alfred remembers bizarre questions, starting with, do you babysit? And ending with an offer to make $1,000 if she'd go with Pam to do a 911 segment for the show Dateline. If I help her, I can't bring my keys, my cigarettes, my cell phone, or my wallet because the producer does not like clutter. Alfred took her dog inside and grabbed two knives. So I put a folding pocket knife up this sleeve and a kitchen knife in the front because I'm getting ready to get into a stranger's car that I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure, is up to something illegal. Alfred did not even have shoes on when she got in Hupp's car. Yeah, I was this close to her, rubbing elbows. I had the one hand in my pocket, like, on the handle, because if I had to, I was coming out this way with it. As Hupp talked about where they'd be shooting the new segment, Alfred's gut told her the knives were not enough protection. So I'm thinking to myself right about now, hmm, best excuse I can come up with to get out of this car. We get to about here, and that's when I told her that, you know, I got to go back and get some shoes, lock my door because of my husband's dog, whatever. Right here is where she turned around at and took me back to my house. She started to get out of her car, and as she leaned forward, she looked up and kind of leaned back in her car. She's like, you have cameras on your house. And I'm like, not only do I have cameras on my house, but I know how to dial 911, and I have a knife in my pocket. Have a good day. Six days later. Hupp found someone else, Louis Gumpenberger. 
Prosecutors say Hupp drove him to her home, called 911 while Gumpenberger read a script they believe Hupp gave him, then shot him to death. Police found $900 in his pocket and a note with instructions to stab Hupp to death and get Russ's money. Prosecutors say Hupp planted the note and that Russ is Russ Faria, a man wrongfully convicted in 2013 for the murder of his wife, Betsy. He was exonerated. And after a second trial revealed evidence Pam Hupp could have been the killer. Hupp was never charged with Betsy Faria's murder in Lincoln County, but St. Charles County prosecutors say she was feeling the heat and that she plotted killing Alfred and Gumpenberger to convince people Russ Faria was the bad guy. Knowing what I know now, that me getting in her car that day and trying to see what play out and figure out what she was up to helped put her behind bars for Lewis's murder. I'm glad for that and I wouldn't do anything any differently. She fears Hupp might have gotten away with killing her because of where Hupp said they were driving. She said, we rented a house over behind the shops in Lake St. Louis. She found out later Hupp was referring to this house. It's Russ Faria's mom's. Prosecutors told Alfred what Hub had in store. That she was going to have me make a false 911 call to the cops and implicate Russ in my death and leave me dead in his parents' front yard where he was apparently living at the time. It was hard to breathe. To think I was supposed to be laying in that yard dead. I've covered Pam Hupp for more than six years now, generating dozens of investigations that have led us to where we are today. You can follow all of these stories by looking for this report when you open up the Fox 2 app. For the Fox Files, I'm Chris Hayes. So That's up. I, I'm going to urge everybody to go to that app and, and do some research behind it because that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years or well, last year in, in like four months. Um, I didn't watch the series. I've actually followed it, and no, she can. She don't. Have, no, she no. She can join you. <laughs> no, she can join you. This 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 is this is the good part of the story, folks. Right, right. This is the good part of the story. That's why we let in with that. So, now I'm in red. Just a little. So I mean, I, can she hear us? I can. Yes. All right, so I want to ask you a question. Just okay. real, yeah, just real quick. Um, we just watched what went down and see where you guys are now. Would tell us a little bit about how that happened. I oh, that? yeah, I want to hear it from her side, Russ, because guys always lie. <laughs> <laughs> they always lie. They're like, oh man, it was like we went out drinking, and I showed her like. Nine and a half inches, and that's yeah, bullshit. I want to hear it from her. <laughs> he tells it very well. Actually, his friend Rich, that was missing from his game night, the wife, the night that his wife was murdered, mm -hmm. was my neighbor across the street for 11 and a half years. After she killed Lewis, I had a security detail with the police department for a week. When that mm -hmm. was over and she was arrested, I was across the street at my neighbor's, and I told him, I said, tell Russ that I'm sorry about his wife. He's like, well, he's pulling up now. Tell him yourself. So this fool climbs out of his Jeep and he says, hey, this is the girl I was telling you about, Russ. And Russ says, hi, I'm Russ. And I'm an asshole. I said, hi, I'm Carol and I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love Very it. True. And about, I, I don't it. know, that was late, you know, late August. So uh, maybe September-ish and 
year later, he pulls up to my house because we were friends. You know, we'd see each other. I hibernate in the winter. Don't ask me to go outside because I ain't doing it unless the temperature is above my age, which happens to be 46. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, he pulls up on his motorcycle outside my house. And what'd you say? Hey, how'd you like to take a ride on my thousand pound Milwaukee vibrator? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> And, <laughs> well, then she jumped on the back and I showed her why they call it a thousand pound Milwaukee vibe. <laughs> <laughs> now she's going to get embarrassed and she's going to walk away. I'm leaving now because you see the color of my face. You see, it was, look, it was a pleasure. I'm out. Thank you. Uh, so uh, spring is asking uh, when y'all's uh, big day. Haven't exactly decided yet. Um, kind of waiting for all this media attention, everything to die down, uh, because wedding is a special thing, and so I don't want it to be an afterthought or something. I'm trying to squeeze in in between uh, going to this convention and talking, or or going and doing this interview or that. You know, I want to have some time set aside to do that, and make it special for uh, for both of us. You know, we both deserve that. And, uh, oh. Vegas or something. Oh, he's gone. He's back. I'm here. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we had a couple geek questions in. Uh, So uh, Kim was asking, uh, Russ, you're playing D&D, right? Do you play Magic? Uh, No, I've heard of it. I just just have never played it before. Right. Uh, And uh, Jeremy, uh, too many comments. He said something about, you know, uh, when you got out of jail, being a geek, uh, what are, what are some of the tech items that you know you were excited about? A smartphone, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, like I'm on one right now because my internet went down, and I'm trying to get. Well, it's back, and I'm getting back on my computer. But um, they were just starting to come out with smartphones when I went to prison. So wow. Um, that was something that was really exciting. Uh, when I got out, it was 2015, and um, a friend of mine gave me a hand-me-down phone because they had the newer, latest, or greatest phone, and I got an iPhone 4. <laughs> and even in 2015, an iPhone 4 was old. And it was very... Uh, wasn't very fast, but it could do some stuff that I didn't know a phone could do anymore. Right. <laughs> it was and, new to you. Yeah. Right. And I can just imagine, you know, somebody that's been locked up for, you know, I was locked up for three and a half years. And I can only imagine somebody like Ryan Ferguson for 10 years. The guy lost his 20s, literally. Right. And, uh, or Rodney Lincoln, the guy lost 36 years. So I was pretty lucky in that respect, you know, because like I said uh, earlier, the average time for an appeal in the state of Missouri is 10 to 14 years. I was looking at that at least. And if that were the case, I would still be in there right now. You know, but uh, we got a what's called a Mooney motion. And that Mooney motion I was only the third person in the whole history of the state of Missouri to get that. So that was something kind of uh, 
you know, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's a Mooney motion? Um, basically it states that, uh, if there's new evidence that comes in, that if it would have made a difference during the original trial, then, um, I'm trying to enter through my computer. That's okay. There we go. There we go. All right. Can you hear me? We yep. can. Yep. yep. All right. We're back. We're back where we started, folks. Right. <laughs> I I I, I just have to applaud Jeff for not mentioning like a Mooney motion is where all the lawyers drop drawers, you know. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I had a, that I had a bunch is uh, of basically where new evidence comes in that if it would have made a difference during the original trial, uh, that somebody should get a new trial. And because of the civil suit that was going on between the daughters, Betsy's daughters and Pam, mm -hmm. there was information that one of the attorneys brought up to my attorney and he was able to use that in my appeal. Uh, there were several other factors, too, that really didn't make a difference. It was really that new information mm -hmm. uh, that came up. And by that time, my case had gained international attention. And it was it was quite obvious that it was egregious that I had been convicted. Mm -hmm. So that said, I believe that the appeals court was kind of looking for a really good reason to kick this back. And... Uh, they did. They sent a uh, rather scathing statement back to the Lincoln County courts uh, and said, uh, just to kind of sum it up, and said, hey, you better have a hearing to see if this guy gets a new trial. And if he doesn't get a new trial, we're going to be very angry. Um, right. <laughs> and right. So as soon as that happened, the original judge, because now it's been a couple of years gone by, she knows that she's been seen out and about in town with the prosecutor. And so she recused herself mm -hmm. and removed herself from the case. And uh, so they decided another judge and that judge was an, out of another small municipality just close to Lincoln County called Pike County. And so we disqualified that judge because we thought it was probably somebody that Leah was associated with, uh, Leah Askey, who's now known as Cheney. Mm -hmm. uh, the woman married her high school gym teacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that came out of nowhere. Okay. I had so many things just went through my head. Right. <clears throat> that begs the question what was going on in high school? Um, right. She liked the anyway, smell of sweat socks. You if know, anybody she, seen Porky's, uh, you know what I said, what I mean. She was courting around, you know, they were buddies and out drinking. And so she recused herself and uh, we disqualified this judge from Pike County. And then they assigned a judge out of St. Louis. And obviously it's a much bigger city than the small town of Troy, Missouri. And this judge was a judge by the name of Stephen Omer. And he is, uh, he's as straight a shooter as they come. Uh, as far as that's concerned, he used to be uh, a DA Mm -hmm. uh, for about a decade before he became a judge. And um, he's the kind of guy that uh, you hear about whistleblowers and that if he sees people in his own profession 
that are behaving unethically, he's the kind of guy that reports that. And so we were like, oh, we got a great judge here. Uh, my lawyer from St. Louis, Joel Schwartz, mm-hmm. uh, knew the guy's reputation and says, this is the guy we want. And so uh, he became our judge and we had a hearing and he was very troubled by uh, everything that that came up in mm-hmm. just that hearing alone right. and said, okay, this guy uh, gets a new trial. And Leah Askey at the time, uh, she was more concerned with the reason that I was getting a new trial wasn't something that was also documented uh, that she was having an affair with one of the lead detectives on the case during the case. Um, so she was more concerned with that wasn't being the reason than anything else. And the judge said, that's got nothing to do with it. You guys did it wrong the first time and we're going to do it again. And let's go ahead and schedule that. Um, and so they did. And wow. That's just, uh, yeah. I'm kind of speechless at that. Well, yeah. I I mean, I'm running like scenarios through my head of different, Mm. I mean, just the bizarre shit to this entire story. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, it's uh, just, it's fucking bizarre. Right. You know what I mean? Because it goes all the way up to the judge, and it's like everybody down below, and, you know, what the fuck? Literally. Do your goddamn job. Right. If if they had done their job, there are other people that would still be alive. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah I should have gotten thrown yeah. out day one, from what I can see. Yeah, my, my attorney, when he first met me at the jail, and uh, my cousin, Mary Anderson, uh, is the one that hired him and sent him there and said, you know, this is our guy. And he came and seen me, and uh, he said, you know, this is all a misunderstanding from everything I've seen, you know, that they have. It's, it's just a misunderstanding. We'll get this thrown out. You'll be out of here in no time. You know, he expected me to be there maybe couple of weeks at the most and then uh you know he soon found out that they were not going to uh pay any attention to reason at all they never wanted to look at anybody else at all other than me you know when there were obvious red flags you know when somebody tells a different story every time you ask them the same question and you, and you can ask them the same question five times in the same conversation and they give you five different answers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that, that's a problem. That's not a red flag. That's a fucking kick in the balls. Wake the fuck right. up. And they ask me the same question a hundred times and I give them the same damn answer a hundred times. And yet they go, you did it. You know <laughs> what? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, for our viewers and listeners, you can find a lot of those um, tapes through the through that Fox app. So they do have some of those um, interviews um, with Russ. So I urge you to check the show notes, Leo. Uh, that would be up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And if uh, you're watching the, the Hulu show and uh, you want to learn more, definitely check out the book as well. Uh, which uh, Russ has definitely informed us that it has uh, it's more accurate information, you would say, right? Well, it's more detailed, more, more accurate. Detailed. Uh, 
more detailed. There's no names that have been changed. There's nobody that's condensed into one or two, you know, one character with three people that were actually doing that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you see a lot more. And Charles Bosworth, the, the principal author on it, is such a fantastic author. He's written several best-selling novels. A mm-hmm. couple have been turned into movies, in fact. Right. And uh, he has such a way of bringing you right into the moment of whatever he's reading about. I mean, you will be there emotionally. Um, everybody that reads the book, strangers and friends alike, tell me that they can't get through the book without saying what the fuck every other page. Right. And, well, <laughs> I've been saying that every three or four Watching minutes, the show, I was all, like, what the fuck? here, you know? Right. Um, and if you uh, follow any of the datelines, there's been six of them now. That's a record. Yep. Uh, yeah. Tracy's asking, uh, are they investigating Pam regarding her mother's death? Um, it's the, the cause of her death has been changed to questionable or unknown instead of an accident. But unfortunately, and, and I'm sure they would love to, but there's not really any hard evidence. They didn't have any camera footage. Um, it's just all hearsay, and there, there's just not enough hard evidence that would, they would be able to convict her with, unfortunately. Um, wow. Obviously, she did it. <laughs> uh, that's everybody's opinion, and, and to me, too. But can I say that beyond a shadow of a doubt? Would a jury say that beyond a reasonable doubt? No. Uh, a defense lawyer, a defense lawyer as good as Joel, or maybe even not as good as Joel, would have a field day with a case like that. Right. Right. So kind of like how yours should have gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he was, he, he should have had a field day, but uh, they should have gotten thrown out day one. Right. Right. But right. Uh, the second trial was a lot different. You know. Um, well, obviously, yeah. uh, as soon as we had the hearing. I had to go back to prison. Uh, that was fun. And then uh, from prison, you had to go back to jail because prison doesn't want you anymore uh, once you're no longer convicted. And then my family bonded me out. That was fantastic. And I had uh, from June to November uh, to wait for a trial, but I got to help uh, prepare for that trial. And during that time is when we decided to do a uh, what's called a bench trial. And in a capital murder case, that's something that's unheard of. A bench trial is where there is no jury involved. And uh, by that time, I'd educated myself. I'd been out of prison, so I got to play on the Internet some and do some research. I'd heard about this guy named Ryan Ferguson who served 10 years. and He got out uh, right around the time I was convicted. Um I've mentioned his name a couple of times here, and, and he's a great guy. And I wrote it down just in case we want to interview him um, in upcoming months. Oh, yeah. He'd be happy to be on your show, too. Yeah. Uh, but send, send, send him my way after the show, but go ahead and finish. Uh, so, at any rate, I found out some things about his case. Was He was out of Columbia, Missouri, which is another rural town, kind of a college town, but uh, a couple hours away from here. And... He got to change a venue. So that's where they bring in a jury from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then he got convicted. Uh, Well, it just so happens that the jury that he had was from Lincoln County. So. 
starting to see. I'm no, I, to see. I think about oh, these okay. things. Go, okay, a jury from Lincoln County convicted this guy. You know, I don't know this guy, but he was innocent. And then a jury from Lincoln County convicted me. Do I really want a jury from Lincoln County on the case again? Right. You know, do I want to give him uh, a chance to screw it up one more time? No. And uh, when Joel came to my cousin and I and said, you know, I got this idea about a bench trial. We looked at one another and we were like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> because right. uh, we didn't want to give him another chance. Right. And, uh, wow. That was probably one of the best decisions we could have made. And uh, the prosecutor was playing to a jury that wasn't there. Uh, the judge had to admonish her many times throughout the trial. I mean, it was very evident throughout the whole thing that uh, it was going to go my way. You know, that things were going. I was getting what I always wanted was a fair trial. What we're mm -hmm. all entitled to. What we all have a right to. Right. And uh, it was very evident that this was a fair trial. The judge wasn't putting up with any bullshit. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to fuck around, I mean, you know, he, he'd get after Joel when he took things too far, you know, sometimes. Uh, but Joel tried to hammer his point in sometimes. And there was a whole point about the, the pictures and that, uh, that the officer perjured himself over. But uh, this was a very fair trial. And then when it came down to the end and the judge was making his statement, he said that the the original investigation and trial brought up more questions than it did answers. And, uh, but you wait <laughs> as the person that's accused and has already been convicted, you wait, you, you can hear it going your way the whole time, but you got to hear the words, not guilty. You know? Right. And, and those words come out. Then that's when, you know, finally you can let your asshole unpucker and breathe a, a sigh of relief, and now you're truly free, and right. that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine. Can't even imagine what you went through in all these years um, with with all this shit. You know, I mean, you're an amazing individual. I, I will say that. I, well, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be a raving lunatic. Oh yeah, I probably would have got out. I probably would have got out and went back to jail for actually killing the killer. Or I, that's just you know I don't yeah, know. I'd be how. a raping lunatic. Yeah, you know you I held yourself well, together just, very well. Yes, you did. I'm um, happy that she did go to prison. I'm I'm not happy that somebody else had to die because of that. Right. But right, you know she made it to prison, and I know she's there forever. But we're gonna get some closure with this new trial. Yep. That's going to happen. It's going to be a little bit because of, uh, and, and it, it's just a strange coincidence, but recently her def public defender had a heart attack and died. So they had to assign somebody new to the case. And uh, so it might be another, I'd say, two years before we see a trial on that. Right. Uh, but moreover, uh, the new prosecutor, Mike Wood, he's investigating the dirty cops and he's trying to investigate the prosecutor as well. But again, we have a little thing called prosecutorial immunity. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think she'll ever be punished, but there's a very good chance that there's a couple dirty police that uh, may be facing some prison time in, in the future. And I get to testify against them, you know, but instead of lying, like they all did, 
I get to tell the truth. Right. I have the same story I've had for the last going on 11 years now. Right, right. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, over 11 years, I, I yeah, like Jeff said, I, I'd be a raving lunatic by now. I think I would have lost my oh, shit. You know. Well, it, it takes a lot of uh, medication in the form of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, it does wonders for PTSD and anxiety and all that. I'm a huge proponent, obviously, and uh, have been for a very long time. Uh, right, right. And I know we probably only got about uh, another 10 minutes because, Leo, you're not doing another show tonight, correct? Correct. All right. So, Leo, right, but I still up... need my dinner. Yeah. Well, that's why I said about another 10 minutes. Because oh, yeah, that'll put you right about dinner time. So, I want to I go back to just real quick when Carol was on and you said how you guys met and you talked about your motorcycle. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Cause from what I understand you're working on bikes or working with bikes. I is do. That a, is that a newfound love or is that just an old passion that just, it's still there. I've always been kind of a motorhead, you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties. So uh, I'm 52 years old now. So uh, I grew up in that era when, uh, he had some pretty cool hot rods and shit. And I had uncles and friends and cousins. Mm -hmm. I come from a large Italian family. Uh, Italian on my mom's side and Portuguese on my father's. But, you know, we were always around hot rods. And I always thought motorcycles were cool. And I, you know, ride dirt bikes and shit around. And uh, I've always had a passion for it. And, you know, before I got locked up, I bought my first Harley Davidson. And uh, fell in love. Met some of those folks. In fact. Made some really good friends that are my mm -hmm. friends today. You know, uh, one of them happens to now today, uh, shortly after I got out of prison, opened a motorcycle shop. You know, and it was something that he always done on the side in his garage, you know, for years and had a dream of opening his own shop. And he came up with an idea for basically a Jiffy Lube for motorcycles. You roll in there and you get your oil changed or your tires changed and roll on back out. Called it all lubed up cycles. And, uh, Opened the doors about six or seven years ago, and that was around the time I was getting out. And, uh, we were getting reacquainted, you know. I've been away for a little while, and I said, "You know, hey man, you need some help around here. You know, I I can help you out." And uh, he had some people come and go, you know. But uh, one night we were at the bar, listening to some music and that, and I knew he. Just had somebody leave on him. I says, you know, I says, I don't know everything there is about motorcycles. I know how to turn a wrench. And I learned shit really quick. And I know about computers and shit. So I can help with that type of stuff, the office work. And, uh, you know, I'm dependable. I show up. Right, right. <laughs> that was right. the problem he was having. And that's the problem that people have everywhere nowadays. Is oh, yeah. And it wants to show up to work. And I'll show up every day and you know, so uh, he says, okay. I said, pay me whatever you think is fair. I don't give a shit, you know. Uh, but I was in a position that way. I'd, I'd want a lawsuit. So, you know, I was in a position that, uh, you know, I could help his struggling business start off. Right. And you know, it pays off in the end. And we've become even better friends. We're the best friends today. Uh, a gentleman by the name of John Morgan. And he owns all lubed up cycles right here in St. Charles, Missouri. And I'm the guy that runs the books and does a lot of the sales, but I go out there and turn the wrenches too once in a while when that's needed. So, right, right. I think I think I need one of those. I think I need one of those shirts. Does he have any shirts? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I take a size large. You can put it with my book. I would wear that all day. I get your shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'll just put that on every night. My wife works and just sit there when she comes in. There you go. Well, that's, that's funny. There's a funny story when, when he first opened and, and we still get calls from other people that had that, you know, for other people that had that number, it used to be a doctor's office. <laughs> some older lady call <laughs> and, and the boss man opens, answers the phone and says, all lubed up, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and her reaction was just hilarious. The story that he tells about it is just Fantastic. Oh my. <laughs> the next you're gonna say it was a proctologist. My bad. I don't know. <laughs> uh Holy so shit. I, I got a geek question for you. Uh when, when you uh worked IT, what type of work did you do? Uh I did mainly tech support, but uh my formal education was in network engineering and security. Nice. I was waiting for that question. I've been waiting yep. for that question since the beginning of the show when he said that he was into IT. I saw Leo's eyes just go. Whoop. Yes. He, wow, he, that would like, be a good guess. I bet, I bet he even likes Doctor Who. Uh, actually, I, I I do like Doctor Who. I haven't seen a ton of it, though. Oh, you got to uh, watch all the new Doctor Who. Yeah. That, I, because I, I, I watched the first, thing, uh, first couple. The first thing I liked about you was your last name because – your last name is the last name of one of Doctor Who's companions. Yeah. I'm like, Pond, I like the name. <laughs> and this is where our show goes from all the story to the geek side, folks. And we're well, it's it's, it's it. always good to geek out every now and then. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. we, we say it all the time. Everybody's yeah. got a geek in them. What, and it doesn't matter what it is. It just so happens. Dude, that the, the guy's wearing a Sasquatch shirt. So don't, you know, I was gonna say, man, maybe sometime if we're up in Missouri, we'll have to hook up for the a back of the shirt has a picture of Sasquatch and it says, You know what they say about guys with big feet? <laughs> uh, turn around, let me see that. I want to see that. All right, yeah, they, see. They, they can only get halfway in. Can you see it? Yep, okay, thank oh, you. Nice. <laughs> So uh, I, I got a little uh, fun uh, networking story for you. Uh, so I, I used to work for an ISP, um, and uh, I, I used to manage uh, um, DNS and mail servers. And uh, but we did a lot of networking, and uh, so we were uh, we had somebody that was trying to quote a, a project for us to run internet to an island that was uh, I think it was about two miles off coast. And uh, back then, this was around, probably around 2008, uh, playing with line of sight antennas. Oh, wow. Uh, th those were really cool. So uh, the first test project was I had a, uh, an apartment across the river, which was about a mile away. So my boss gave me this big antenna to put out the window, and I just okay. aimed it towards the, uh, uh, towards the office, got free internet for a while. Was... Can you hear E.T. with that, Leo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and uh, their headquarters right here in uh, St. Louis, and their National Reservations building is just a few miles away from where their headquarters is, and that's what they use is line-of-sight antennas. And oh, nice. When you drive through that area, 
your cell phone drops. <laughs> your Sirius XM drops <laughs> because they're just, they're killing everything with their signal, but it's just for a second. And then your shit comes back on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh, very cool. It's, it's, it's fun stuff. Hey, I'm not downing it. You know, when the apocalypse happens, we know that CBs are the only thing that are going to work. So, oh yeah, right. I've uh, really practicing <laughs> smoke signals. Oh yeah, well those will work too. That I've might, moved over to the wrong people. Who knows? <laughs> nice. Well, uh, Rich, Rich Davis said you guys are hanging out. Amazing guests. We try. You know, that's the beauty of the show, because you never know who we're going to have on week to week. You never know. And what the story is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, this, like I said at the beginning of the show, I was super psyched for this one. I've been following the story for quite some time in contact with Russ um, behind the scenes. And it just we had to wait for certain things to play out the way they played out to be able to come on here and hang out and virtually smoke, you know, and shoot the shit and. Talk about some serious stuff and some not so serious shit, you know. So no, it's all fucked up shit. Well, it's a fucking train wreck. Oh yeah, we're, we're a fucking the whole train thing wreck. was a fucking train wreck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah yeah railroaded from the get go, man, and that's no pun intended. So oh no, you're right, you know, and and it's it's how I got to where I am. But had I not been through all that, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today. You know, and trying to fight to raise that awareness for folks. You know, that's right, that's right. why I do it. Uh, I'm getting ready to again, like I said earlier, I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm leaving tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Even I'm going to be there for a, an event called Crime Con, which is oh, nice. everything about true crime. There's going to wow. be a lot of interesting people there. Uh, interesting talks. And, I, I've never heard of like something like that before because we, we're involved in the in the con circuit as well, but it's mostly. The cannabis, the entertainment, the horror, and all that crap. But right, right, exactly. I would love to just attend a crime club because I'm one of those people. Your story to me was like one of the most intriguing stories I had ever seen because I watch a lot of First 48, ID TV about the killer next door. I I've always just been intrigued by it. You know, you look to up learn. crime con. Uh next yeah. year it's gonna be in Orlando and in September. Ooh, Orlando, September. I can do that. Yep. You can do that. In um, uh, 2023. I'll have to check. Well, maybe. Depends on if we're booked. But I'll have to check into that because uh, I do I do love following that stuff. And yes, Jeff, I am trying to learn because, you know, you and I are on the road a lot together. Yeah, I know we are. You could disappear. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was only joking. Don't uh, use this usually, again later. <laughs> usually I'm driving, so. Well, true, but you do have to sleep on occasion. So, so now you need to see if there's a Sasquatch con that coincides with, uh, you know, uh, true crime con, and then you'll have the best. Ball. That would be cool. I I know that uh, Vegas is actually going to be pretty crowded this weekend because there's our convention, there's some other convention, and then of course there's the NFL draft. <laughs> right, right. All happening at the same I time. There, like. Roads closed, everything. How long are you in Vegas? I leave tomorrow for Vegas. I'll be there until Monday morning. Okay. So if you're out and about and there's a comedy act with the 420 comic, you should check it out. Jeffrey Peterson, he's a friend of ours. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, tell me you know the guys from from Token with the Dead Man. You know, I, if I can find out if he's playing, maybe I can hook something up. But yeah, you can send me his info. Yeah, yeah. From what I understand, I, we haven't had the pleasure of coming out and seeing him live, but we've talked to him a lot, and he's uh, he's a funny bastard. It's definitely. Well, I know we're kind of looking for something to do on Saturday night because we kind of got a free night. And I actually have family that lives out there, and we're meeting up with them. We're going to hang out. So uh, that might Very be something cool. we'll do if he's out playing somewhere. Right. So, Leo, I know uh, it's about that time. Jeffrey's getting hungry. I can see the veins yes. in his neck. Yep. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Last Ooh. question that came in. Uh, Maria is asking, are you, are you still door dashing on occasion? I used to see every once in a while, but didn't uh, want to bug you. Uh, no, no, I haven't been doing that. Um uh, I was doing that for a little while, and then the motorcycle shop came along. And, uh, I took on a lot more responsibility there. Um, so my main function there is keeping the books and uh, keeping the schedule and everything else. And that takes uh, a lot of concentration, a lot of time, sometimes even after hours. So uh, don't yeah. do a whole lot of door dashing anymore. Uh, I ordered DoorDash though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it sounds like you you're following your passion, you know. Right. I am. I uh, I work at a job. I work for my friend. He's probably the best boss anybody could have. He's very understanding of me going out and doing things that I need to do, um, and that I'm passionate about, and also my passion about traveling because I like to travel for leisure as well. And I'll be like, oh, I'm going over here for a week. I'm going over here for a few days. And he's like, okay, bring me a t-shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, because he knows I'm coming back. And uh, he and I make a pretty good team. And uh, I'm real happy to be working with him. Very cool. Oh, awesome. Well, uh, we'll wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Definitely check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And I said listening because we also do the podcast. Uh, also live on Dead Dork Radio, which is actually right now. Uh, we're broadcasting live. Just head on over to Live 365. Search for Dead Dork Radio, and you can learn more about it there or listen or, or whatnot. Uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. you find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which. And uh, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a ton of shows on the network, a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. And uh, Russ, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook a lot. Um and Instagram a little bit. I post a lot of pictures and that on Instagram, but I have uh, a group on Facebook that I'm actively managed with uh, Carol and a couple of my cousins, and it's called Russ Freya Q&A. So people, if they have questions, they can come on there and uh, submit a question, and one of us will answer it. You know, many times it's me. Uh, so I'm, I'm there quite a bit, and uh, come on out there and... Just say hi if you want. <laughs> Very cool. Jeffrey, what's for dinner? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, Anne's, Anne's downstairs. I don't know what she's cooking. I Nothing. Because <laughs> you don't smell it. Well, I don't. That could be a, it could be a problem. No, TV right? dinners. No, we'll be good. No, no, she was cooking something. I don't know. Uh, as, as for me, you know, follow us, uh, Facebook, Token with the Dead. Uh, go to stilltoken.com. Uh, don't look me up um, other than that way. Uh, and, yeah, it was great. Russ, thank you very much. Um, and, actually, I'm going to watch episode four when I go down and have my dinner. 
Awesome. Nice. Very cool. Benjamin. So, yeah. So, make sure you check the show notes up above or down below. You can find out more about Russ, his pages, where to follow him. You can order the book. I'm going to urge you to order the book because you're going to get the details, the real details versus watching a free TV show. I'm just saying. Um, Hey. What? Hmm. I wasn't, that wasn't, I wasn't, that wasn't towards you. That was towards the uh-huh. general populace that you, that, you know, watch it to go buy the book. It's that simple. And then men, I'll be reading the book. Head out to Crime Con or any place that Russ may be appearing, get his autograph, shoot the shit with him. I mean, you saw him tonight. He's an amazing gentleman. We want to thank him for taking time coming out and hanging with us. Um, to all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do every day so people like us can do what we do. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Bye. So come on. Hey.